Hi, we are Inspired Churches and we are honored for you to tune in. We are a church that is being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and walking in rhythms of life for the good of the city and for the glory of God. As we walk into a new year, we invite you to be part of the ministry by donating a gift today. Go ahead and visit us at inspirechurches.com. Three weeks ago, we began a new series uh, that we're calling The Table. Um, and we basically are simply going through the Gospel of Luke, and we are observing the impact Jesus had on folks around a mill or over a mill around a table. In fact, almost a, a, a little under half of the Gospel of Luke stories are uh, uh, around a table where Jesus is meeting. The last couple of weeks, we talked about him having a meal with tax collectors. Uh, last week, we talked about him having a meal with Pharisees. And today, we're going to talk about him having a meal with friends. And so, like, if you just kind of want to put that in our language, a couple of weeks ago, Jesus was hanging out with the crooks and cons. Praise God, amen. Some of y'all need to be thankful because that was you. Jesus was hanging out with the crooks and cons a couple weeks ago. Then he was hanging out with the religious elite, the snobby religious folk last week. And then this week he's going to be hanging out, hanging around his close friends his close friends. And so again, we're going to continue to monitor the impact Jesus is making on people around the table. And really our prayer for this series is that you would be inspired to see your tables as less of a common space and more of a sacred space where you can invite Jesus in and you can learn to use your table to love people and glorify God. And some of the questions we kind of wanted you to ask yourself was, how can I spend more time sitting with Jesus at the table? Everyone in this room, Jesus has invited you to spend time with him. How can I spend more time with him? And the other question we wanted you to ask was, and what would it look like for me to open my home and share my table? Amen? So if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn with us to Luke chapter 10. We'll have it for you here on the screens as well, but feel free to open up your Bibles or your Bible apps and turn with me to Luke chapter 10. We are going to read verses 39 through 42, a real simple text, a short text um, um, about Jesus um, hanging out, gathering around a table, having a meal uh, with his close friends. Now, you might recognize who he's hanging out with today as Martha and Mary, who are also the sisters of Lazarus. And Lazarus was the one or one of the individuals whom Jesus raised from the dead in John 11. And so today, he, Jesus is coming to Martha and Mary and Lazarus' house. Amen. Can you imagine Jesus coming to your house? Okay. And so we're going to read. And we are going to imagine together. The scripture reads like this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed her into his, her house or welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, 
do you not care, come on somebody, that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. <laughs> come on. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen, and it says may, but it's Mary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Amen? As disciples of Christ, are there any followers of Jesus in the room? As followers of Jesus, we must learn how to host God's presence in our homes. I'm going to say that again. As followers of Jesus, we must learn how to host God's presence in our homes. And so I've entitled today's message, Hosting Him, Prioritizing God's Presence in Your Home. Hosting him, prioritizing God's presence in your home. Now, to this day, I still hear people say, there's something different about your parents' house. You know, my mom and dad, Papa Phil, Mama Patty, we can throw up that picture, that would be great. To this day, now that's a Google image, probably not the warmest photo, but I was like, I want to see what's on Google Images. So that's my parents' house. And there are many of you in this room that have been in this, in this house. And so to this day, I still hear people say, you know what? There's just something different about your parents' house. Now, wh whether they're Christians or not, like whether they're old high school friends or like random church folk, People always seem to talk about that house. And they, and they don't just talk about like how warm my parents are, but they, but they always seem to talk about this invisible sense of safety. Like they always seem to talk about like this invisible sense of peace that they feel whenever they enter that house. Now, if you've been to that house, you've probably felt this invisible sense of peace, this somehow walking into the house, like everything is going to be okay and and it often causes them to wonder what is it about that house what else is present in that home are you with me in our story it begins with verse 38 and it tells us that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. Martha opened her home to Jesus. She invited him in. Are you ready? And she made her space his space. In fact, I just have a prayer that inspired church would get a revelation that your home is not your own. She welcomed Jesus in, and she made her space his space. Are you with me? And what we see in verse 38 is quite literally Martha hosting the presence of God in her home. Jesus is in her house. And it begs the question, are you hosting him? 
Now, sure, I, I know some of you in here. Some of you are the life of the party. Some of you are not. I won't tell you who. <laughs> but some of you have the gift of hospitality. I've been into some of your homes. You have the gift of hospitality. Your house is where it's at. It's the spot. Family and friends gather at your house. Amen. There are some of you in this room where people every weekend gather into your home. But the question I want to ask is not are you hosting them, but are you hosting him? Is your home or your town home, amen? Your condo, your apartment, shoot, even your bedroom, a space where Jesus is regularly welcomed and invited in. Back to my house, my childhood house. You know, we tend to judge a house based on what it looks like on the outside, don't we? But what I love about my parents' house, an appraiser can't appraise. <laughs> I think I do. What I love about my parents' house, an appraiser can't appraise and Zillow can't quantify. Mm, Y'all don't hear me though. Like, it, it may not be the biggest house on the block. It's got a weird roof, by the way. <laughs> it may not be the most extravagant house on the block. Y'all with me? Yeah. It, it may not have two stories, a two-car garage, a pool in the backyard. But what my parents do have in that house is not the result of money, but the result of hosting him. Yeah. See, some of y'all are looking to upgrade your house in all the wrong ways. You still don't hear me. You see, when his presence is hosted in a home, there's love in the house. There's joy in the house. When his presence is hosted in a home, there's peace in the house. When God's presence is hosted in a home, there's compassion in the house, mercy in the house, grace in the house, forgiveness in the house, healing in the house, freedom in the house. Do you want to know what makes my childhood home so different? Because as followers of Jesus, my parents have learned to host him in their home. I'd rather have a small house with big presents than a big house with no presence of God at all. I know for some of you still working through that. Back to the story. Martha is hosting him. She's inviting Jesus into the house, but there is something wrong. There is something wrong. We're told in verse 40 and 41 that even though Jesus is in Martha's house, she's being distracted with much serving. And she is anxious and troubled about many things. Y'all hear that? So she has invited Jesus into her home, but while he's present, she is distracted. She is troubled. 
She is anxious. You see, here's the problem. Are you ready? Jesus is present, but Martha is not. Jesus is there, but Martha's not. Now, you might be asking, how can you say Martha is not there when she's there? Well, just, just look at the text. Look at the text. She's there, but she's distracted by external preparations. Y'all with me? I mean, she's there, but she's distracted by external preparations. Mm. And most likely she's prepping, amen? She's cooking, she's serving, she's cleaning. No doubt Martha is working overtime to take care of Jesus. I mean, imagine if Jesus, I mean, don't down Martha. Imagine Jesus coming to your house. Are you with me? Now I want you to see this. She's not only distracted by external preparations, but the scripture says she's there, but she's also anxious with internal pressures. You know, a lot of times what we do outwardly is because of anxiety inwardly. Right? Arnold, when you're hosting, all these scripts are, are, are running in your, in your, through, right? Amen. I'm glad we got three people. I mean, can, can anyone relate? Do we have any Marthas at Inspire Church this morning? So I see a real Martha. <laughs> Do we have any Marthas? <laughs> Do we have any Marthas at Inspire Church this morning? Martha's worried. She's worried, poor thing. She's worried about the food. Right? Is there going to be enough to eat? And the last thing you want to happen is to run out of food. Y'all been there? You got to send a text. Hey, can you go get pizzas? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Did she overcook the meat? <laughs> Does it need more seasoning? <laughs> Are y'all with me? <laughs> yeah, right. The, my dad over there talking about the beans and rice. It's, it's true. He's like, wait a minute, son. You know what our house is about. Sorry, dad. The carne asada, is it? Okay, here we go. She's worried about the house. Is it clean enough? <laughs> I know. it. Right? Will Jesus spot the stain in the rug? Or will he see the coaster? <laughs> that holding up like the side of the couch to balance it out? Y'all ever been there? Like the crack, the couch cushions are turned upside down because on one, the right side is cracked. The, the wrong side is actually a little bit more presentable. Like, will Jesus notice that? <laughs> is the door of the bedroom closed? I, you know, I want to say like, Lord forbid, but Jesus is Lord, right? So Jesus forbid that he goes to the restroom, walks by that bedroom and sees the mess that's in there. She's worried, she's worried, she's worried. Is he comfortable? Is he entertained? Does he have everything that he needs? Are y'all with me? She's there, but she's not. She's there. But the moment she sees her sister, she's already, right? Some of you, see my, I'm already triggered. 
The moment she sees her sister, Mary, sitting. Oh, how dare her. That lazy, entitled, complacent sister, Mary. Just sitting there, right at Jesus' feet. Y'all with me? The moment she sees Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, she becomes troubled, frustrated, irritated, disappointed, annoyed. You know what's crazy? She's not only frustrated with her sister, but she's even frustrated with Jesus. You see that? Like, she tells Jesus, do you even care? (laughs) They're really close friends. And can I just say this, like, especially like if you're a, it, this happens to everybody. I don't want to, actually, I do want to single out, but just hear this, especially for the leaders in this place, right? Just always serving, always serving, right? And at Inspired Church, we, we do this thing called two on and two off. You serve for two weeks and you sit for two weeks. And yet people still feel so overwhelmed, it's so overwhelmed, and, 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 and I want to say this, and I want to be very, very careful, okay? I want to be very, very careful. Sometimes the overwhelming is because you need to rest. Like your body is hurting. Other times, and I run into this a lot, is that it's, it's not a rest from serving that you need, but it's a prioritizing of the presence of God that you need. Like burnout is not always just about overworking. Many times it's more the result of lack of spending time in the presence of God. And, I, and, I, and as you can see, I'm going in this direction. There is nothing wrong with service. Like I, I've heard sometimes this text kind of pitting, sitting down with Jesus versus serving against each other. There's nothing, I mean, how could there be anything wrong with service? Jesus said himself, I've come to serve. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Jesus laid his life down. He served as he washed his disciples' feet. And we are told to do likewise. Serving is sanctifying. When I serve the grace of God, it sanctifies me. When I serve, you know what the grace of God does? It begins to put in check my selfishness. When I serve, it begins to deprioritize my ambitions and elevate somebody else's above my own. Serving is what disciples are called to do. Serving reflects Christ. It honors God. Hospitality is a hallmark of the Christian faith. The early church opened their homes. So this is not about Martha's serving or her hospitality somehow being something that needs to be corrected or rebuked. The lesson here is not about downplaying service, but about prioritizing presence. Are you with me? It's not about downplaying service, but it's about prioritizing presence. 
being with Jesus, being with him, being present. How y'all doing? What is keeping you from being with Jesus? Can we be honest? What is keeping you from being with Jesus? I might have yelled the Siri word. Can I keep it real? Can I keep it 100? I don't know where we're at in this. Can I keep it real? What is keeping you from engaging in regular rhythms of prayer? But what is stopping you from prioritizing gathering with others to worship King Jesus on Sunday? Am I a little legalistic right now? Some of you are going to turn me off right now. I'm like, oh, there's the legalism, right? But what is stopping you from prioritizing the gathering? What is holding you back? Commercials. What is holding you back from joining a five-week home group? What is holding you back? We've had the QR code for like three weeks now, right? What's holding you back? Think about all the things. What's holding you back so that you can, like Mary, gather in a home? That's what Mary was doing. And sit under the word. Now what she's doing? She's gathering in a home and sitting under a word. And I know I'm going to poke some bears right now. That's okay. Be po- just allow, you know, sometimes we just got to let the examination happen. What's stopping you? What's distracting you? What's frustrating you? What's worrying you? What is keeping you from hosting him in your life, in your home? What is keeping you from prioritizing his presence? Maybe it's all of our digital devices. Maybe. I mean, just compare time on TikTok with the time in the Word for some of us, right? Just, just wear it. Just wear it today. Maybe it's your home that's full of screens, right? TV screens, computer screens, iPad screens, cell phone screens. And I'm putting myself in this. You want to know why I'm so good at this? Because I'm just looking at my own house, okay? Maybe you prioritize vacation and travel. And why not? (laughs) Why not? In a culture enslaved to work, vacation and travel becomes our substitute savior. Right? I mean, in a culture where work is enslaving us, we can't wait to take a vacation because vacation is salvation. Vacation is heaven. I know I'm going to step on toes today, and maybe you've prioritized youth sports. I, I talk to a lot of pastors, and it's really interesting how this comes up. It feels like Little League has become God in America. Right, not, not only does it receive our tithes and offerings, amen, but it has successfully pulled parents away and their children. Maybe you're just too busy, too busy with chores, honeydew, <laughs> too busy with birthdays, baby showers, right? Y'all know family get together. It's like every, there's something. And, and I know I'm coming off strong and I know I'm 
touching some practical places where, you know, it could maybe create some frustration inside. But hear my heart. Hear my heart. Please hear my heart. None of these things that I mentioned are evil. It's okay to go on a vacation. It's okay to travel. It's okay to watch TV. I love Netflix. I like a good binge on Netflix. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You, you hear what I'm saying? None of these things are evil. I'm, I'm not suggesting we give it all up or we're going to hell. That would be legalistic. <laughs> but if you're a genuine disciple of Christ... Please take the words Jesus spoke to Martha as if he's speaking to you today. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Let's go ahead and put that up. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Y'all see that? And you, you see the juxtaposition between one thing and many things? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so in this text, the call is to identify the many things that are distracting, frustrating, that are bringing anxiety. And then to identify the one thing that is necessary. And can I just say this? I, I, I don't want to... I want to pause to at least just observe. You see how Jesus uses the repetition of Martha's name? That doesn't happen in a lot of places. Martha, Martha. You know what that tells us? The repetition of the name suggests the closeness of the relationship. There's compassion in his voice. There's love for Martha. Martha is serving him because she loves him. Martha is a friend. She is a disciple. She is a follower. Do you understand this? And so he compassionate, because even disciples of Christ need some correction. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Are you with me? After verbalizing her irritation with Mary (laughs) and verbalizing her disappointment with Jesus, Jesus graciously reminds Martha that it's actually Mary who has chosen the better portion. And that's got to hurt too. Like, have you ever received a correction from the Holy Spirit that hurt a little bit? Right? There's love and there's grace and Martha, Martha, right? And yet, there's just this dagger, right? It's a two-edged sword. It's piercing. And, and she looks at Martha and, and Jesus looks at Martha and says, I know you are troubled and complaining about where your sister is at, but your, your sister is actually doing the better thing. She is saying, I, I know that there's a lot to get done, Martha. I know there's a lot of things that you want to accomplish, Martha. And, and, and none of these things are evil in their own right, Martha. Are you with me? But all of these things above the one thing is what will destroy your life. 
None of it is more important, more vital, and more urgent, are you ready, than slowing down and creating space to sit at the Savior's feet and to listen to his word. That's why we are a church that is being transformed by the gospel. And that gospel transformation is causing us to live in rhythms of life. Rhythms of life, life-giving rhythms. If you remember, I entitled the message, Hosting Him, Prioritizing God's Presence in Your Home. And then I showed you a really cool Google image <laughs> of my parents' house. And I want to land the plane this morning. I want to land the plane. I want to finish today's message by describing to you the many ways that I, as a son of that house, because your children are watching, how I firsthand, as a son of that house, bless you, saw how he was hosted in that home and how Jesus was prioritized in that house. And my hopes in sharing this final piece is that somehow in some way, everyone in this room would be inspired to take a step into prioritizing his presence and hosting him. Amen? Do you want to know what makes that house so different? Do you want to know why when people walk into that home, they feel peace? You see, when you walk into that home, you're not just being greeted by Mama Patty and Papa Phil, but you're being greeted by over 40 years of prayer. Somebody's coming to your house. <laughs> You with me? When you walk into that home, though you'll be greeted by warm smiles and, and good people, you, there's an invisible greeting that's taking place. You're walking into a home that for 40 plus years has been participating in prayer. Do you want to know why you can feel peace in that house? Because that house has been saturated with tears. Because that house has been soaked with intercession. When you walk into that house, that's a house whose walls have heard the cries of the saints. You're not just meeting Mama Patty and Papa Phil in that house. You're meeting Jesus in that house. They have hosted him and prioritized his presence. Is anybody with me? Mama Patty and Papa Phil have fasted in that house. They've sung countless songs of praise in that house. And they have spent countless hours studying the scriptures in that house. I often find my dad at the table reading the word in that house. Who's with me? They've waged war in that house. 
cast out a few cuckoos in that house. True story. When I was in my 20s, doing God knows what. <laughs> it's another time. True story. They went into my bedroom and soaked the whole thing up with anointing oil in that house. Somebody, somebody that's a little too Pentecostal for you. But they were hosting him. And they must have put way too much oil. Because I became a youth pastor. And got, and got paid peanuts and peanut butter. And then I planted a church. Y'all put way too much oil in that room. They hosted him. Y'all with me? They prioritized his presence. Is there anybody here that's understanding? There's more, there's more, there's more. You see, the scripture tells us in Matthew 25, Jesus says, I was hungry and you fed me. Jesus says, I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. Jesus says, I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. And then they went up to Jesus and they asked him, when did we do all these things? And he said, what you did for the least of these, you did for me. You see, there's also another way to host him in your home. I'll never forget the faces that come through this house. There was Kenny who was homeless, living on the streets of Fremont. And one night, Mama Patty, Papa Phil stopped to give him food and paid for a hotel. They checked in on Kenny. They befriended Kenny. They took Kenny to church. Pretty soon, Kenny was coming over for dinner. Kenny was coming into that home and having lunch. Who's with me? And then all of a sudden, Kenny was calling my dad, Dad. And he was calling my mom, Ma. And he was calling me his little brother. Kenny gave his life to Jesus. Kenny checked into a men's home. Kenny now lives on his own because we hosted him in that home. And then there was Don. There was Don, my dad's, my dad's high school friend who had just gone through a heartbreaking divorce, lost everything. He ate with us. We turned our garage <laughs> into an apartment for over a year. I'll never forget walking into the apartment. Don's room was there. God bless you, Don. And they shared the gospel with him. They prayed with him. They planted seeds with him. Are you with me? He eventually moved out, went to Hawaii to be with his family. I'll never forget Jill. Six kids living in a car running from an abusive husband. And when her husband finally found out where she was hiding, he pulled up to their house with the intention to do us harm. I remember talking to him and he told me when he pulled up to that house with the intention to do us harm, that something restrained him. That as he got off the bike, something overwhelmed him. Now, I'm not saying to put your life or your house in danger, but I'm going to tell you, sometimes when you follow Jesus, it's not always going to feel the safest. Never forget that. Got off the bike to do something. And the Holy Spirit just restrained him because there was something else present. Got with me? In that home. From friends to family members, 
to Master's Commission students, from Bible studies to prayer nights, from connect groups to the very first core group meetings of Inspired Church met in that home. Do you want to know in that home, there were 20 of us that had a dream about you? My parents have learned to host him and prioritize his presence in that house. And I'm just wondering today, how might the Lord be speaking to you to welcome him in? How might be the Lord speaking to you about the distractions, the irritations, the frustrations that might be holding you back from prioritizing his presence? And what might be some next steps of obedience, simple steps that the Lord is calling you to take in order to host him in your life and in your home? It's time. Heavenly Father. We acknowledge every distraction, every anxiety, every worry. Lord, there are those that are here that think things have to be perfect. God, we just acknowledge that. We just acknowledge our anxieties. This week coming up, we're busy. We double booked. There probably might be some things already coming against. But I just pray in this moment that you would speak to them. I pray as they receive your invitation that they rest in that and that that's would just lead them as they invite and open their homes. God, anoint these homes. Anoint these facilitators. Lord, let us be remember, let us be reminded that when we enter into these homes, we're not just sitting with each other, but we're sitting at the feet of Jesus. Strengthen them. Give them the grace. We love you, Jesus. Now, facilitators, will you turn around? Now we're going to pray for the congregation. Congregation, would you just receive this and then we'll finish. We're going to pray for you. I want to pray that you would just begin to prioritize presence in your life. And I want to pray for you that you would even consider being a part of some of these homes. It's a five week that you would just say, you know what? My week is so busy. There's so many things going on. But God, I do want to create space just to sit around the table and just be blessed and washed by your word. And so let us now, facilitators, will you pray for everyone in this room? Heavenly Father, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but I pray, Holy Spirit, that if there are those that were waiting to decide whether or not to come to the home. I pray also there's those that are nervous about it. There are some folks that might be concerned or are just nervous to go to a new place. Holy Spirit, I pray that they would prioritize your presence this week. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts, Lord God. I pray that Inspired Church would not just be a Sunday morning congregation, but a congregation that gathers in homes sitting under your word. And so I pray for everyone in this room, anoint them, bless them, remind them. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring them to your feet in many different ways this week. And if they can, Father, I pray that they would take that next step, God, and find a home that they can pray in, celebrate in, laugh in, cry in, listen to the word together. And so, Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing at this church. Would you do a deep, deep work as we open our hearts, open our homes, 
open our tables and gather together to give you all honor and all glory. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Again, thank you so much for tuning in today. Our prayer and hope is that you would be transformed by God's word and live for him. Before you go, would you consider giving a gift today? By faith, we are walking into the new year and continuing to believe in what God is doing in the city through our missional communities and mercy ministries. Visit us at inspiredchurches.com to give a gift and let's see together the great things God will continue to do in the new year.